So hello, welcome to another episode of Expanders Secrets. I'm here today with Lee Lurie from Seller Investigators. Lee, thank you very much for coming on. How's, uh, how's it going today? It's great. Lovely. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, so Lee's on there. Lee's on the East Coast. So we've managed to find a find a time where it both both fits us. And yeah, as I said, maybe a little bit, bit jealous of the of the nice weather in uh, grey England today. So um, yeah, let's get this kicked off. I guess straight from the straight, straight from the start, Lee. First of all, thank you for coming on. Um, and Thanks let's get no worries, always a pleasure. And let's get a uh, a little bit more about yourself and how you got into the e-commerce industry. Yeah, so uh, we've been running this business about six years, give or take. Um, I got into this business kind of, I guess, by a series of events. I was, I actually had a really early wearable device, arguably one of the first wearable devices that tracked the quality of your sleep. And in the process of that business, this was you know many many moons ago. Um, I was in Hong Kong and I met some some U.S. people and we ended up being stuck in between a couple of trade shows. And so we went to Macau for the weekend and we went gambling and having a good time. And Rob um, and I kind of, you know, we became friends. I mean, just because of, you know, going out and being in an industry that was somewhat similar. He was selling products at these trade shows as well not related to what I was doing, but, you know, just kind of, Hey, here are two guys that are stuck on the other side of the planet. Let's go out and have a drink and, you know, maybe be friends. Mm. Um, I ended up selling that business to a company out in Silicon Valley. And then, um, you know, with just trying to reset, let's come up with the next thing for me to do. I reached out to my network and Rob um, was in the process. He still had his store. And he had had he had, had a, um, a competitor of ours. Well, at the time we weren't a business, but uh, he had had a company reach out to him, and through a little bit of brunt, you know, kind of brute force, they had convinced him to actually do it. And then he found like seventeen thousand dollars he was unaware of in his in his business, and he thought, "Holy cow! Like, there's really something to this business." Mm-hmm. So he reached out to me, and you know, Rob's superpower is uh, staff and people and operations. And I kind of do more of this kind of work, um, agency partnerships and trying to kind of drive revenue in the business. And so we make a great, you know, super formidable team. Um, but basically this business started in a Hong Kong bar. But yeah, that's the, the, the great start to all good stories. Hey, right. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, that's, that's, yeah, as I said, all, all good stories often start you know, having a drink in a, in a bar. And it's uh, lovely to know that that's how, how sellers investigators uh, got started. So could you tell us like a little bit more about sellers investigators? So how you would help e-commerce sellers and how does that like set your service apart from others in the industry? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would say that more broadly than just our business, I would say the space. So essentially refund and recovery, uh, there are a few competitors out there. Um, I think we're different and I'll, I'll highlight that in a minute. But yeah. I mean, essentially what happens is when you ship product into the Amazon warehouse as an FBA seller, and I don't care if you do an arbitrage or you're a private label or you're a manufacturer, it doesn't make any difference. Amazon doesn't physically count your inventory. So it comes into the warehouse and they make estimates based on some things Um related to the box that it's in, related to the product they have on file, variety of things. 
Um, and essentially what ends up happening with that is about 1% of net sales ends up being incorrectly accounted for at the warehouse. And now that sounds kind of bad, but it's important to keep in mind that if you were in a traditional retailer, say a Target or a Walmart, or I can't name any in, in Europe, um, but if you were, they'd have what's called 2%, they'd have shrinkage, which would be lost. And essentially it's the same thing. Amazon shouldn't be losing anything because it goes in a warehouse rather than to the general public where they handle it, gets touched and dirty and stolen or what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, Amazon does have some challenges around, you know, having millions of individual pieces in every warehouse. So if they yeah. counted every piece, it would be there'd be a lot of human error. So at the end of the day, there's just inherently going to be some issues around your inventory. And we live in that space. We go after those those discrepancies and fight on behalf of the client to get those dollars back. Hmm. Now, like I said a minute ago, there are competitors in the space, but what I think differentiates us is we really want to be a partner with, with our clients. Yeah. We want them to understand that our dashboard is by a mile the best in the industry. There's nothing even remotely close to it. We hmm. want everything to be transparent. We're not successful every time we file a case. That's just a fact. Sometimes yeah. Amazon doesn't doesn't agree with us. Sometimes they make arbitrary decisions that don't make sense. But at the end of the day, you know, we push as hard as we can push. But, you know, then we stop. There, there is a limit to how far we go. And mm -hmm. it's important, we think, that the client knows that we're being transparent about it. And the reason the transparency, transparency is important is because we go after every refund. And that's not always the case uh, for mm -hmm. some people in the space. It's not profitable to go after a $25 charge when we have a success fee of, let's say, 20, 25%, depending on the size of the client. Yeah. That The amount of effort it takes for us to do that, we lose money on it. But we think mm -hmm. it's really important for a seller who has trusted us with their account to know that we're not going to get the money back that's convenient. We're going to get it all back. And so what we find oftentimes is if a company comes to us from a competitor, our algorithms find about 10 to 15% more dollars to go after. It ends up being about 1% of net sales, by the way, but we find yeah. about 15%, 10 to 15% more dollars to, to go after, which if you think about how the success fee works, if you don't use a company like us, that's really being transparent and going after every dollar, even if you're using a competitor and they say we do it for X percent, that percent is much higher than what you're actually being charged because money is not coming back to you. It's going to Amazon. Now, mm -hmm. the, your competitor didn't keep the money, but Amazon did. So to the consumer, in this case, the private label seller or the wholesaler or the arbitrage company, they effectively paid a much higher rate because they didn't get the money back. And so yeah. we, we try to educate people to understand that you not only need to drive a good deal, which we are more than prepared to do, but you need to work with the best company in the space so that you're getting back all the dollars that you're entitled to. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all down to really the service level, isn't it? The amount of time and hours that, that you guys are spending um, looking looking into these accounts, et cetera, to, to get every every last penny for, for the seller. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Difficult, it's difficult to have a client understand that on the front end. Yeah, it really just works extraordinarily well. We have a free tool where uh, we run a free audit 
And we don't care if you're working with somebody else. We can still audit behind them. and We can determine whether or not what I'm saying holds up. It mm. will. Yeah. But the, the most powerful way to, to show people value in the business is to have them sign up for a free audit. Yeah. And when we come back and find them thousands of dollars that they were unaware of, it's pretty obvious that we're doing a better job. Yeah. And I think of just on, on the whole scale, the, the whole the reimbursement side of the the whole business model is just fantastic, isn't it? Because these these sellers, especially when they're working with a company like Sellers Investigators, whose whose service level is so high that you're only going to win as a company. You're only going to want to do well if you can find the, the client money, et cetera. Everyone wins, don't they, in, in the in the instance? Obviously, maybe not Amazon in, in the space, technically. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, our goal is to make everybody win, for sure. Um, mm. But it's also important to understand, I mean, Amazon, I don't think Amazon is being adversarial in this relationship. Yeah. We're a preferred vendor on Amazon. We're an approved vendor on Amazon. We get audited twice a year. They're well aware of who we are and what we do. Yeah. Now, yeah, we're taking money away from Amazon, but I actually think Amazon does not have a problem giving the money back. We don't have, I mean, we have to fight for it because we have to prove that what we're doing is honest. Yeah. But Amazon is not trying to hold the money. I just don't think it's possible with the velocity in the Amazon warehouses to be perfect. And yeah. we kind of act like a remore, if you're familiar with that animal on a shark, in that we're cruising along and we're kind of cleaning stuff up as we go. And so it's it's more symbiotic than it is adversarial with Amazon. Yeah. Well, well that, that's a great analogy there, Lee, um, with, the, <laughs> with the with the shark. And um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Amazon have got, got enough money, haven't they? I'm sure they can spare a few quid here or there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what would you say the main reasons that Amazon owes like reimbursements to sellers are? Well, I mean, the... Where we see, so there are, you know, 14, 15, 16 places where accounts have leakage uh, within the warehouse. Most of them are small enough. I mean, we certainly look for them. Our algorithms track them. We identify things within them. But it's a relatively small percentage of what we get back in total. Mm -hmm. um, we try to think about it more in like buckets. We try to think about it as inbound shipments. That constitutes between 30 and 50% of the total dollars to, to go after traditionally and then we've got lost and damaged and then we've got missing inbound and then we've got sort of it, it it's it's been it's been run over by a forklift and it can't be sold anymore or it i don't know maybe it was stolen maybe it wasn't maybe it was misplaced maybe it went between warehouses and got lost but it's just not really we can't find it yeah. um and so those kind of each represent about 25 percent. so we try to think about those three buckets um and you know, it's um, this is technically something you as a consumer can do yourself. So if you have a, a business, you can do this yourself. If you've got a $20,000 a year Amazon business, there's not a tremendous amount of velocity in that business, just in terms of daily sales, shipments that go in, complexities with the business. If you're turning over $5 million, you know, you've got shipments going in multiple times a week, more than likely, or you're shipping in pallets. The, you know, you're probably selling thousands of units a month. That velocity creates all kinds of challenges in and around your inventory. And so, you know, we try to encourage people to think, okay, look, I know you don't want to pay me, but we've set our pricing up so that it is more effective to have us do it because we're going to be more successful than your team internally. And you can't do it as efficiently. So our algorithm identifies more problems. 
we do it at a cheaper rate and net net you should walk away from it have us do as as much of it as we possibly can asking you for documents where we need to but absent of that you not being involved at all yeah and using those resources internally to do other things for your business that are forward facing sales marketing inventory doing things that drive your business rather than cleaning things up yeah um, exactly you know, yeah again you know to use the remore part you know example again you know you you don't really want to be cleaning stuff up you want to be forward it's a shark you want to be yeah. going after the next meal not cleaning up and so you know we kind of are the same way we're cleaning up your account so that you can be forward facing trying to drive your business forward yeah exactly that i know that's that's a it's a it's a fantastic point and i think yeah as you said the main thing is it's trusting the experts isn't it because you've got the algorithms you've got the experience you've got the you've done it thousands if not tens of thousands hundreds of thousands hundreds of thousands at this yeah. point but yeah i mean it's millions no way to compete our, our team has a deeper knowledge base we have better relationships with amazon we have an algorithm we mm. are thoughtful about it we do it all day long if you do it internally more often than not, it's being handed to somebody who wears multiple hats and this is just one thing that they do. And inevitably, that means they're going to get back, you know, 40 cents of what they're entitled to. We trend more towards 85-ish, 85 cents. So yeah. that spread and, and our fees, like I said, are between 20 and 25 percent typically of, the, of successful dollars back. And if we can compress 40% and you only give away 25 and that person that was doing it for you internally now can do something else, that's a net win for your business on a couple of different fronts. 100%. Yeah. So it's all about looking forward and not kind of looking back in a, in a way, isn't it? Yep. That's the goal. So the return to refund process with Amazon, as you well know, and we know being in, in the industry is, is quite confusing. So I know you mentioned some areas earlier, but what would you say the top areas where like returns and refunds are that, that go unnoticed? Well, I mean, I think there's been a lot of, uh, of attention in the space because there's such a drive towards profitability now on Amazon. They ratchet up fees, warehouse fees, storage fees, shipping fees, fulfillment fees. All these things are going up. That's, that's the nature of inflation that's going on in the, in the global economy. So as those things go up, as advertising costs go up, all those things start to play a role. It's just more and more important for sellers to be, you know, scraping and fighting for inches or pennies or whatever, you know, or quid or whatever you want to say. And we are a perfect Mary for that. We lie in that place where it's very hard. If we find most Amazon businesses run roughly a 20% margin, is about what, you know, a good Amazon business would be. Many are below that, but, you know, and I guess a few people that sell, you know, private label vitamins have higher than that, although they end up spending an enormous amount for advertising. Yeah. But if you're running on average about a 20% margin Amazon business, if we can find you 1% of your net sales, that's the equivalent of five points of EBITDA. There are, I can't think of anything you can do to find five points of EBITDA in your business that is as simple as signing up for a service like ours. Mm, yeah. Especially so, as you, you know, that's, that's what we try to encourage people to do is to think about it that way. Like, you know, what are you doing in your business that long-term drives value? And what we do drives tremendous long-term value for the profitability of your business. Yeah, absolutely. No, 100% agree with that. Um, so do you have any like top tips for sellers 
to avoid Amazon like taking their money when using FBA? Are there any like maybe processes that they should put in place to decrease the chances? Yeah, I mean, what 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 kind of jumps out at me, and because we live in the world where we're doing FBA refunds, and so we're dealing with the with the warehouse. So I can't speak to say, for example, being better at PPC. That's just not relevant to what we do. Um, mm. What I would say is within our space, it's important. Um, shipping and packaging are massively important. Mm. And I'll start with packaging. Most brands, whether they be on Amazon or whether they be selling in a brick and mortar retailer anywhere on the globe, the packaging is a design is designed such that when the consumer opens it, the Easter egg or the, the opportunity to open it is part of the, of the new toy or the new thing, whatever that is. Apple does an amazing job at that, right? The packaging on Apple is, is, un, is nothing like it, right? You open it up, the whole process of opening the box, the feel, the touch, all that is very mm -hmm. intentional by, by Apple. Now, I'm not expecting most private label sellers to have as much emphasis on packaging as maybe say Apple does. But nonetheless, the goal is for your client to feel like there's value associated with the product based on the packaging. And I totally yeah. get that. But within Amazon, if you have any length that is more than 18 inches in your packaging, now you're selling golf clubs, there's only so much you can do because they're <laughs> longer than 18 inches. But yeah. if you can manipulate your packaging such that you can make it where there is no length, width or height that is 18 inches, you don't go into the oversized category. If you yeah. go into the oversized category, you're going to be charged more for the shipping, for the cost of shipping, as well as the warehouse, not the fees for the warehouse, but like the storage fees. Storage, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, it's all going to be oversized in that there, there are fees associated with that. Mm. In addition to that, we find that sometimes packaging, there isn't an emphasis on weight. And, you know, an example of that would be your packaging weighs 1.1 pounds. Well, I mean... 1.1 pounds, who cares? Well, as of January of this year, Amazon has half pound tiers. So if you have a 1.1 pound package, it's going to go to a one and a half pound shipping label. That shipping label then costs you more than it would have if you could change your packaging and make it, say, 15 ounces, which would be a little less than a pound, so that it would round up to a pound rather than the pound and a half. And that may not seem like a lot, but if you ship a thousand units a month, and you're charged a dollar fifty more for storage and a dollar fifty more to have it go out the door. You know that's three dollars. That's three thousand dollars in profit that is literally just evaporating because your packaging isn't efficient. So yeah. those are examples. But going with that, I'd also say shipping, and that kind of gets back to, to packaging because ultimately the package you end up putting in a box. But and we see this a lot in our business. And again, I, I don't know about in the UK, but um, in, in the United States, let's say you were using UPS, which is a very large logistics shipping company in the United States. Yeah. You put in on their website the length, width, and dimensions of your box that you're shipping in. And let's just say you're shipping in 50 pieces and the weight. And you're entitled or you're allowed to put kind of whatever you want because UPS isn't there when you're making a label. Mm -hmm. So you can short the box. You can make the dimensions a little smaller. You can make it a little lighter, even though you know that it's not. You can still make the label and ship it to UPS. Yeah. So in their sorting centers, they're going to identify through lasers and scales that the box is the actual dimensions that it is rather than what you set on the label. And they're going to charge you accordingly. 
So you're not going to get the deal you think you did. So the yeah. U.S. is not giving you any deal. They're making sure you're putting in the proper label dimensions and weight. Yeah. When it gets to the Amazon warehouse, and I mentioned earlier, Amazon doesn't physically count your inventory. They weigh and measure the box. So you now have a box that comes in with a label that's affixed to it that says that they scan as a bar scan that says this box weighs X and has dimensions of Y. Well, if they have your product or your ASIN weight dimension on file as whatever they have, they estimate how many of those pieces would fit in that box. Mm. And they identify, let's just say 47 rather than 50. You then need a company like us to come in and clean up those three missing pieces. Yeah. If you are smart about the way you make your label on the front end, you won't have the problem. You can still employ me, but I won't find that error. I won't charge you that error and your business will be more efficient. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's about empowering people. We, we try very hard. We have a weights and dimensions tool on our website. That's free for anybody on our, on our platform. And essentially what it does is it shows you all of your ASINs and all of the weights and dimensions that Amazon has on file for you. And so you can look in one place and you can either upload what is um, on what you have as your weights and dimensions. You can give it to us with snail mail. You can send it with a carrier pigeon. You can send it in a CSV file. I don't care. Our team will put it into our database. But what that does is it will send up an alert whenever there's a problem with your account and that ASIN dimensions change, which you know, makes potentially your fulfillment fees and your shipping fees more expensive. It also means that your inbound shipping counts go down because the box that is in has something that is, is offset to you know, what it, it actually is. So it's just really, really important to keep track of your inventory dimensions, weights, your shipping, and that you're paying attention to these things. Because if you're not, and you've got four or five people in your ASIN category, and Amazon ends up arbitrarily moving to a higher number, and you're not aware of it, you can lose a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I mean, uppers of about 1% of net sales can easily go out the door because you're not aware of your ASIN uh, dimensions and weights changing behind the scenes on Amazon. Because they don't warn you. They don't, they don't tell you it's just, it's posted in your website I mean, within your seller central account. But yeah. if you don't have visibility into that and you're not really like thinking about it, it's nearly impossible to keep track of without somebody telling you like us with a prompt. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, even that, even that 1% for, for sellers, it can be used for so many other parts of their business, can't it? Whether it's reinvesting in stock or PPC, et cetera. Um, so yeah, if, if you're definitely not doing anything like this, it's, Hundred percent worth. At least, as I said, the least you could do is look at a free audit, couldn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, you can take the money out of your business for sure. Unless you say that on a million dollar account we find eighty five hundred to ten thousand dollars. That's great, um, yeah. and you can take that out. But if you can deploy it, let's say to PPC that you know has a two or three x return, the equivalent of that ten thousand dollars now becomes twenty or thirty, and it yeah. can really have a profound impact on your business. Um, but it starts with, you know, pretty basic block and tackling with, you know, a non-sexy business like our refund business. It, it's yeah. not sexy. Nobody wants to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, we've just built an expertise and we're trying really hard to spread that word and make sure that we can get not only money back, but also people's time. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with yourself, Lee. So finally, what's, um, what's next for seller investigators? And how can listeners get in touch? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, our, our, our 
website is seller investigators. There's actually not an S at the end, which is just so that people know it's seller investigator okay. investigators.com. And you can email me at Lee at seller investigators.com. You can find us on all of the social platforms. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of, you can find us on Google. Um, shouldn't be too hard to find us. Uh, we would love to do a free audit if anybody's got any questions. Um, as for what's next, we were acquired by Carbon6, which is a software company that is based here in the States. They've bought about 17 uh, SaaS-like business software brands in the last 18 months. So there's a significant amount of integration going on uh, within our business into that Carbon6 platform. So, I mean, in the near term, that is really kind of what we're focused on, um, growing yeah. the business, supplying, you know, needed services for our clients, and just trying to get our hands around all these new pieces around this much bigger entity that we're now a part of. But it's been really a lot of fun. We've seen substantial amounts of growth uh, since September during the acquisition. Mm. Management team at Carbon6 is just fantastic, as are you know, everybody on the team that we've interacted with. It really is just a phenomenal opportunity for our business to be a part of this bigger entity. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've, I've, I've obviously spoken with the team at Sellers Investigators and Carbon6 as well. And yeah, they can vouch 100% for, for what Lee says. Everyone is focused on um, really, yeah, the, the end goal, which is helping out these these sellers with all these wicked SaaS tools. I mean, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Carbon6 is almost like a the aggregator model for, for SaaS, isn't it? Which is really, really exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what they're trying to do. They're trying to build tools that are, you know, can work for smaller accounts, but are intentionally designed for more enterprise businesses. And I mean, you can define enterprise a variety of different ways, but, you know, seven figure sellers and forward. Um, but the services apply to much smaller accounts too, for sure. Our service, we don't care how big you are. Many of the accounts uh, or the softwares that, that Carbon6 has takes much smaller accounts as well. They aren't particularly expensive monthly and can have a, a profound difference in your business. But being aligned with a much larger entity that has reach in all the trade shows and knows all the people and has all these community managers, and then I can then offer these other services to our clients to help do bundles and do different things is really a, an exciting time for us. Uh, we yeah. were kind of out on an island, um, which makes the refund game. It's all we knew for a long time, but mm. um, it, it is it is much more effective having a team behind you with other types of resources. And I just yeah. can't say enough about the Carbon Six team and what we're able to do for clients. I, I mean, I think we've now cross promoted a, you know hundreds of clients on the platform into some of the other tools. Mm -hmm. uh, and vice versa. So, you know, it really has been a remarkable transition from us going from, you know, being out on our own to being a part of this bigger entity. No, absolutely. That's just, um, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more with yourself, Lee, there. So that is, um, yeah, the, the end of this episode. One thing, as I said, 100% make sure you check out Seller Investigator website. As I said, Lee mentioned they've got that, that free audit going on. Uh, Lee, personally, thank you very much for, for joining us today and shedding your, your wealth of knowledge around everything, reimbursements, shipping, sharks, and more. <laughs> and, Pelag uh, Pelagic ocean dwelling creatures. There we go. He's the, Lee's the expert, not myself. Um, my, wife, my wife is a veterinarian and she did do marine biology stuff for a long time. And she uh, works, works with dolphins and turtles. And so 
um, she's going to be very happy that I worked in something that's marine related. So I got to make sure. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that, Lee. You should have just taken all the credit for yourself. And, uh... No, 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 no. I always <laughs> got to get credit. Today's Valentine's Day, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, really appreciate you coming on today. And to all the listeners, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries.